Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God this morning. It is Thursday morning, July the 22nd, amen. A new day that the Lord has made, and we come to rejoice and to be glad in it. Coming together this morning, united as one voice, to cry out to the Father this morning, who hears our prayers and answers them, and show us great and mighty things that he says that thou knowest not according to the book of Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. King James Bible, amen. And so we thank the Lord this morning that we are understand that we are God's people called by his name, humbling ourselves this morning, amen, turning from our wicked ways, praying to God, seeking his face early in the morning that God might hear from heaven and that he might heal our land this morning. We thank God for Jesus, our high priest intercessor who hears us as we cry out and God hears him as he advocates and stands in the gap for us this morning. And so we thank the Lord for our petitions that have gone up. We thank the Lord that the answer is being released right now in all of these places, all these regions where we have expanded our focus this morning, not just praying locally, but praying universally, corporately this morning, in agreement this morning. Amen. Praise God. Binding and loosening the work of the enemy, every evil spirit this morning, casting it out, ordering it out, commanding it to leave and let go of God's people this morning. Amen. Because we have a God to glorify and to magnify and nothing will hinder, nothing will stand in the way as long as there's breath in our bodies men ought to always praise the lord amen everything they have breath ought to praise ye the lord my god hallelujah david said bless the lord we'll bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in our mouth oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together this morning we are the chosen generation the royal priesthood amen amen the holy nation under god sanctified consecrated set aside called out for his purpose this morning, which is to praise him so that the rocks won't get a chance to cry out this morning. So we enter your gates this morning, Father, with thanksgiving. Come in your courts with praise this morning, love and adoration toward you this morning. We make it known as one voice. So have your way this morning, Father God, as we come in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of your son, Jesus. Oh, God, just to learn and to teach this morning about the revelations of Jesus Christ, his crucifixion, that offer either of those events, Lord God, that led up to it. And now, Father, we, it's before us this morning as it was before your people. And, Father, let it be a reminder to us today, Lord God, the price that was paid for this freedom that we now have to learn about him, to teach about him, to talk about him, to comment about him, oh, to pray about him, Lord God, who did a great work on that cross to purchase our salvation. And when he gave up the ghost, that's when it was finished, the debt that needed to be paid. So we thank and praise you for his sacrifice. And thank you, Father, that when he was glorified, the promise of the Father did come, Lord God, the third person of the Godhead body, the Holy Spirit, Lord God, who is the spirit of truth, who's with us now, teaching us, guiding us, leading us, helping us, walking alongside of us as our paracletos, Lord, the one who comes alongside, oh, to bring back to our remembrance the teachings of Jesus Christ and to show and teach us things that are to come, the one who knows the mind of God, the one who intercedes and prays and teaches us how to pray, oh, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Holy Ghost. Now have your way, leading God us through this teaching this morning is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we give God praise and honor this morning, amen, for the opportunity to learn this morning the revelations of Jesus Christ. Amen for our understanding this morning of really the price that was prayed, uh, paid 
for this freedom that we now have to even talk about Jesus. Amen. And, you know, as I was looking at John's teaching primarily, amen, to the Jews, and there was some, you know, there was some Gentiles there, and there was also some high priests there. There was some uh, some, you know, some, some, some people that was, had a little authority, you know, that was in charge of some things, you know, amen. And so you had a mixture of uh, a diverse group of people there. And I started thinking about that landscape and I said, you know, it's sort of like, you know, our, our configuration in the land today, you have Jews, you have Gentiles, you have, you know, you have brown skinned people, yellow skinned people, you have Asian people, you have, you know, indigenous people, you know, you have a, a, a conglomerate of different uh, diverse uh, nationalities and cultures today. Amen. And so just like uh, John was ministering these revelations and Jesus was on earth at the time teaching in these places. Amen. But the primary group of people that he was ministering to as John uh, wrote and ministered just like Mark, Luke and, 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 and uh, Matthew, man, they were basically primarily speaking to the Jews who at that time was the biggest challenge because they were failing in their responsibility to actually be the ones, amen, the examples for everybody else of a relationship with a loving father, loving king. And they blew that miserably, amen. And so now, you know, we have this universal, amen, ministry of the word of God because he wants every creature to hear these, 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 these revelations, these glad tidings, just good news because, amen, it was rejected first by the Jews, as we see in here. We've gone through these, these 19 chapters, and we've seen over and over again who the primary race of people were that caused him the most problems. And I, and I highlight this and amplify this because those were his chosen people. Those were the people that he, he created and set that would be the example to do then in that culture, in that day and age, in that generation, exactly what we're doing now as Gentiles and grafted in. Amen. And so the gospel now is universal. It's available to everybody. Amen. And so we need to understand the beginning so we can understand the present and how it's going to end. Amen. And so we thank God that that cycle of rejection, that cycle of rebellion, it ended even though they did not realize it. Amen. Jesus was glorified so that the will of the Father could continue. Amen. Through everyone that was going to come to him after he was glorified in the third person of the Godhead body was going to come and live inside a man, no longer on man, but in man, amen, to continue to carry forth the gospel now to the Gentiles, amen, and this is where we came in at. So I say that to highlight that we may get a greater appreciation of what was done back then in the past, how it's affecting us now, and how it's going to affect us in the future. When I say us, I'm talking about generations. I'm not just talking about the five or six people that's on this line. So we need to get out of this habit of just thinking it's just about us. No, this is a universal message for everybody. Until every creature have had a chance to hear what you're hearing, Jesus said he was not coming back. Amen. So I want you to think broader than you're thinking. Amen. Because sometimes, amen, when we teach and preach, a lot of times one or two people think you're talking directly to them and they lose sight of the bigger picture. I want you to not lose sight of the bigger picture because Jesus didn't. That's what kept him focused. I'm dying for the sins of the world. That's what my father sent me to do. Amen. And he said the work that he did, any follower of him that comes after him need to understand these revelations so that when we do this work, it's broader than just us. 
It's not just about your house or my house, my neighborhood, my family, my friends. No, it's a universal message, okay? Salvation is a universal message, which salvation is not for everybody. You know, it's a chance and an opportunity for everybody to have salvation, to have eternal life. But everybody's not going to accept it. Just like back then, that race of chosen people, some of them rebelled and, and rejected him. Some of them accepted him. Some for the first time and some for I don't know how many times. Amen, you know. And so we remember Peter denied him three times, at least three. But he was one of the ones that God used more, almost more than he used anybody else before Paul came along. And so we're going to pick up the lesson this morning. So I want you to think broad about this. Nobody get defensive and think this is just talking about you, some of the things you're going to hear. No, we're preparing you because there are men and women in your area of influence that you might get a chance to share some of this good news. Amen. And you won't hesitate, whether it be a white brother, a black brother, a brown brother, an Asian brother. The gospel is universal for everybody, just like the message was then. The revelation is for everybody. The message is, is, is universal, even though the response might not be universal. But that's okay. As long as they've had a chance to hear the gospel, Jesus said when he comes back, they're going to wish they had it because at that point, every knee going to bow and every tongue going to confess. But we're giving them the opportunity now. God is giving them the opportunity now through the voices, amen, of, of, of his believers, his followers. And that's where we come in at. We're part of a broader universal effort, amen, of evangelism, ministry of reconciliation. I mean, this is going out. We thank God for the platform, the, the Zoom, the, the Facebook opportunity. We thank God for the broader, amen, uh, uh, platform that we have to spread the good news of the gospel. So always think in terms of it's more than about me. There is an audience out there, amen, that needs to hear this good news. So we want to pick up the study this morning of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, this is Thursday morning. Pastor Sharon and I are here this morning. We welcome you this morning. I want to talk again from the subject of the revelation of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the crucifixion, and the major events that took place on that cross. It was more than just a, a man being nailed to a cross, amen, but... It was it was a lot of events that took place, you know, from that. And the scripture text this morning, again, is coming out of the book of John, chapter 19. And we're going to pick up at verse 20 this morning and try to get on to verse um, 37, the King James Bible. We're not in no rush this morning. Amen. Uh, there were some other scripture references I gave you this uh, the other day out of the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verse 26 to 56, the King James Bible, and also the Gospel of Mark, the 15th chapter, verse 16 to 41, the King James Bible, and the book of Luke, chapter 23, amen, uh, verses 26 to 49, the King James Bible. <clears throat> and I raised those uh, because they all had different accounts of how they saw the crucifixion. Okay. Some of them mentioned the last words of Jesus. You know, uh, a lot of times when we come around to the Passover, you'll see people teaching about the last words and the last seven words and all of that. Each one of them focused on a different perspective because they were really concerned about a different audience that they were actually ministering to and writing to. And so we want to pick up now with John's revelation, which is probably the most significant. Amen. And we want to look at today. Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Because uh, they were relating to him. Caesar was later relating to him. Uh, Pilate related to him. Caiaphas related to him. And Annas related to him. And a lot of people related to him because they knew that he was from Nazareth. You know, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Okay, so we're going to take a look at that portion of these events and how they recognize him 
as being Jesus of Nazareth, amen. Not the king of the Jews that where, where, where you know, Pilate had had his name inscribed up there and he told them nobody was going to take that name down, amen. It was amazing when I looked at this is how they had been calling him the king of the Jews. Mm -hmm. He had said, that's what you say, that's what you say, amen. I am the king of the Jews. You know, I was born to be the king of the Jews. So everybody knew who Jesus of Nazareth really was. They They knew, but knowing something sometimes and willing to take a stand for something and fight for something. This is why I mentioned in our prayer this morning, the effort that is going on between Bishop Barber and Mr. Mr. Beta Roig down there in Texas coming up on the 27th of this month, they're going to fight for something because if, if it's not worth fighting for, then you know, you, 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 you end up dying in vain for it, you know? And so we see right here, man, all these people that, acknowledging who he was, making accusations, got his name up there, you know, you know, on Mars Hill, you know, and, and, and forbidding people to take that name down, you know, and he said, Hey, you did say he was your King. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> so I wrote that up there and nobody can take that name down. Amen. And I think it was, it was, it was, it was all orchestrated by God. <laughs> that he would he would be high and lifted up. His name is way up there, so everybody could see his name on Mars Hill. And you got to get a picture of that everybody that was there for that crucifixion to observe, they could see that name inscribed up there, man. High. That's what he said. If I be lifted up in the earth, I'll draw all men. And even now, there are people being drawn by the finished work of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. They're gonna see him as not just being. Joseph and Mary's son, but they're seeing him as the king of the Jews, the exalted one, high and lifted up. Amen. And even in the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verse 11, the King James Bible says, and the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. You know, and so some of them remember repeated when they asked, Lord asked Peter, who do men say that I am? Some of them recognize him now as a prophet sent from God. You know, they're just adding more to his name. Amen. Because his name is more than one. His name. He wore so many titles. He said, I am that I am. And so you see right now they're calling him Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Peter had already gave witness to this earlier when he told Jesus, this is who they say that you are. Mm -hmm. Prophet sent from God in the book of Mark. Chapter 16, verse 6 of the King James Bible, it says, And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. Now you see, they begin to see that this is, a, this is after the fact, looking back. He's risen just like he said. You can't, you, I, you can't take my life. I lay it down and I take it back up. We see that that has happened right there in that verse. All of making reference, man, to this prophet, what he has said he was going to do. It has come to pass right there is why I referenced that. In the book of Luke chapter 24, verse 19, the King James Bible, here's a different account now. And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deeds and words before God and all the people. Now here Luke, now he's giving an account to his audience. Look at what he's saying, you know, testifying. And in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 45, the King James Bible. Now here's, a, here's John, amen, speaking to Philip. And it says, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. 
So you see these prophecies now being fulfilled. All these prophecies are being fulfilled because you got all these different accounts bearing witness to it. Amen. Uh, in the book of Acts, Paul picks up this discussion now to the Gentile audience and some, some Jews were there and others were there in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 22, the King James Bible. Now all this focuses on Jesus of Nazareth. And it says, ye men of Israel, Okay, the chosen generation of people, you know, you should know better, Paul is saying. Hear these words. You've heard them before, but I want you to hear them again coming from Paul. Y'all know who Paul was. Paul the one who persecuted them. You know, Paul the one who persecuted the Gentiles. He persecuted everybody, you know, because he had permission from Caesar. Anybody who mentioned the name of Jesus during that time, salvation through Jesus, talked about the resurrection. Paul had permission to persecute them, put them in jail, lock them up to be persecuted for that name. But listen at what he's saying about this name now to these people of, in God's chosen people Israel. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, a man, look now, approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. You know what the prophet said? You know what the teachings were? You know, what's wrong with you now, Paul is saying? Let me call this to your remembrance. And he goes on in the, in the third chapter, verse 6 of the King James Bible, and said, Now, then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So Peter didn't recognize there's power in that name. Yes. Yeah, it's power in that name, that, that one that's crucified up there. And we saw it, power to save that thief, save that criminal. You know, he had power to do it, even in death. You know, the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 10, the King James Bible, we're talking about the revelation of Jesus of Nazareth. Now, the one that was crucified, that's Jesus of Nazareth. Look at what they're sacrificing here. Look at what they're jeopardizing here. All these miracles, all these things that, they, that, they, that these different accounts are calling to the people's remembrance that's going to crucify him. At least they think they're going to crucify him. If he had power to do all of this, Jesus now had power to get down that cross if he chose to. But he chose to stay there and die that death, amen, that our sin debt could be paid. In the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 10, the King James Bible, we're talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Be it known unto who you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, God raised from the dead, even by him doeth this man stand here before you hold. So we see his healing power now. Call into their remembrance. In the book of Acts chapter 6, verse 14, the King James Bible. Some more calling to their remembrance. The one they're crucifying is Jesus of Nazareth. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. He's doing it right now on that cross. Moses, everybody prophesied about this. If I be lifted up, Moses, I'll draw all men into me. <laughs> this prophecies are coming to pass. In the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the King James Bible, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Mm. This is the only time on that cross where God is going to forsake Jesus just long enough for him to die that death. All the other time God was with him. They didn't recognize that he was God. He said, if you've seen me, if you've seen the father, they missed it. They missed it. And this is the only time, a brief moment for a few hours, that he's going to be without the father. He's going to separate because of what they did. 
because of all these that, that these accounts are talking about addressing here. In the book of Acts chapter 22, verse 8, the King James Bible, and I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecuted. See this Paul giving his testimony now. Mm -hmm. I, Paul said, I didn't know who, I was clueless too. But I had a personal encounter that I'll never, I'll never forget. Changed my life. The Lord wants people to have a personal encounter today that'll change their life. Not with your bishop, not with your prophet, not with the church, not with your friends, not with your family member, not with your neighbor, not with your favorite movie star, basketball player, football player, baseball player. No, politician. No. He wants you to have a personal encounter with him. That's why these revelations are so important. Giving people every opportunity, every creature to hear this good news. And make a decision that's going to affect you eternally. That's why we're still teaching it. Why we're still preaching it. His death was not in vain. He knew what he was doing. Remember he prayed in the book of John chapter 17. <clears throat> verse 17. He prayed for the church that was to be birthed. That was to come. Not these 4,400 different denominations out here right now. Where people are looking for, for another way to get to, to the father. Jesus is it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. You have to acknowledge his death, burial, and resurrection. And you have to account for the, his life, the things he did as a man while he was living. It was for us that would come afterwards. Amen. And so, you know, in the book of Acts chapter 26, verse 9, the King James Bible, he says, Verily, verily, uh, verily, verily, I thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Listen to that, Paul. Paul said, I thought about it. I had did enough damage. Mm -hmm. You know, he Paul said, no, 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 no. I'll never forget that experience. Changed my life forever. But I thought about it. There are people thinking about it today. I don't want to go over here and join this church because it's bigger. You better check out what their doctrine is. You better check out what they're teaching. You know, a lot of people are jumping in these places, man, because they're hearing that prosperity message. They ain't talking about Jesus of Nazareth. They ain't talking about him as a healer. They're not talking about how to get people free, how to prepare people eternally to go spend time with Jesus. They're preaching everything but that, dancing, doing all kind of stuff in church. It, it, it's become a big stage of entertainment now. And nobody's really lifting up the name of Jesus like he told Moses. Nobody is, 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 is preaching and teaching these prophecies that have already been fulfilled, these messianic prophecies, getting people prepared for his return. Just living life, doing what they used to do. King Jesus, we're going to look at him as the king of the Jews. Uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 2, uh, the King James Bible is saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And so they're, they're, here we are. They're calling back to their remembrance. Don't forget that. You know, he came in a manger. He was born, you know. And remember what Jesus said. I was born for this. I was born to be king of the Jews. And I was born to die for them. And all and, 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 and everyone else, too. Uh, in the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 3, the King James Bible. I mean, it just gives so many references of who King, the Jesus of Nazareth is, who the king of the Jews is, like they had forgot, you know. In the book of, of Luke, chapter 23, verse 3, the King James Bible says this. Now, we talk about we shifting down from Jesus of Nazareth. Look at all these names and hats and roles that he played. And now we're talking about Jesus, the king of the Jews. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. <laughs> I love it, man. Them words in your mouth. You know, it's the truth, though. 
He said, Pilate going to come back and say, what is truth? You know, you know. And Luke gives an account of that. You know what I'm saying? And in the book of John, chapter 18, verse 37, the King James Bible. Now, look at this right here. It said, Pilate, therefore, said unto him, art thou the king then? Jesus answered, thou sayest that I am a king. To this end, listen now, was I born, and for this cause came I unto the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So, Father, you hearing me, but are you really hearing me? There are those out there that are hearing, but are they really hearing? Are they hearing prosperity, or are they hearing a message that caused their soul to prosper first, and then their way to prosper? You know, seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what you got to hear first. The kingdom of God, how to become a citizen, a part of that kingdom through Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the gospel. That's the power of the gospel. Now God can add all these other things to you. Anything else is, is, is you're, we're unworthy of it. You know, that's mercy and that's grace, see. You know. And then he goes on in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 25, the King James Bible, Paul's letter to the church. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. So it was imperative for Jesus to die. Remember, you know, this right here was crushing the head of Satan right here. You know, his heels are being bruised right here. His head is being bruised right here. That enmity is still there. You, it, it, it's, it's, it's testified by those out there who rejected him. Those were the sons of perdition that rejected him out there. Mm -hmm. You know, those were Satan followers. And they worshiped a different God. They hadn't yet recognized him, even though they recognized him. You know, when I say that they physically saw the name, they saw him. They, it was in their mouth. It was in their conversation. But they did it sarcastically. They did it uglily. They was, it, you know, it was making fun. It was mocking him. Had no idea who it was up there between those things. You know, didn't, didn't want to admit it. Didn't want to confess it. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 22, the King James Bible, Paul writing to another church here. And he had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Remember now what Jesus prayed in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them with thy word. He's talking about pray for himself. He prayed for those disciples with him and Paul and all those apostles. And he prayed for the church that was yet to be birthed. Now Paul is talking to the church. It wasn't the church when he died, but later, okay, as Paul and them taught the death, burial, and resurrection to these believers in all these places who didn't know who he was. Now they know this is after the crucifixion. This is after he'd been glorified. Now they know. He goes on now to say, uh, let's, let's pick up our discussion right here now in verse 20, which is, uh, in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 15, the King James Bible, as we transition, which in his times he shall show. Paul is letting, them, letting Timothy know and letting the ones that Timothy is going to be bishop of, who is the blessed and only pontate, the king of kings and lord of lords. Paul is giving this message to Timothy you know, to take forth to the church that he's going to be a bishop of. And in the book of Revelation, the conclusion of this whole matter, uh, let's take a peek, a peek at that, the chapter 14, verse 14, the King James Bible. And I looked and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud one sat like unto the son of man, the same son of man that was just on the cross. He, now he's off the cross, that miserable image and figure of him. Now he's on a cloud as the son of man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. He's coming together his harvest, man, his church. Uh, verse 20 of the book of John 19 chapter says this. 
This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was not to the city and it was written in Hebrew and in Greek and Latin. So the people, however, were indifferent to this title. What title? The title that Pilate had had them inscribed up there on that, on that, on that uh, marker up above on Mars Hill so everybody could see it. Now, they hated it. They wanted it down, you know. They wanted it down. But Pilate said, no, I'm putting it up there because that's what you said. You know, he's your king, <laughs> you know. Verse 21 says, then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate. Listen now, the chief, here, here we go again. So you understand this revelation now is to the Jews first, okay? Listen to what the chief priest of the Jews spoke out and said to Pilate. Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am king of the Jews. Now we find the religionist people here objected to the title. You know, his own people. Isn't that amazing? It's the same thing we see today. You got 4,400 different, I say different denominations out there about this title, denying the deity of Jesus Christ, thinking that there's another way, trying to create their own righteousness, you know, their own rules, their own laws, their own commandments, their own way, their own ordinances, you know, their own bylaws, as they say, in the church, trying to operate it after, you know, some family tradition, mm. You know, they want they want that name Jesus to be scripted out of everything. And y'all know I'm telling the truth. Mm -hmm. They want it to be universal without Jesus. How can it? He died. You know, for this universal message to go out. There's salvation in no other name. They would rather take the name of Jesus. The only name by which men can be saved totally out of the gospel, totally out of Christian dome. You know, they want you to be you know, to think about, you know, all the different people out there. Jesus was thinking about the people when he was dying. He had no respect to person in mind. So how man going to come along now and say, we want you to pray to God because God is universal. Jesus is universal. That is God universal. Salvation in no other name. Died for the lost, the, the, the just. He died for a lot of died everybody. And he earned that right for his name, for his title to be lifted up high and exalted. He's exalted his name and his word above all else. And he has magnified his word above all his name. Don't you go above the name of Jesus. Don't you go above his word. His word is the final authority. Yes. His revelation. This is why we open it up right here. So people can see the damage that they're trying to do right now by going out creating other denominations. Trying to pull people away from Jesus. Want people to put their trust and confidence in man. Just like these high priests here. Just like Pilate here. You know, who are derelict in their duty and responsibility. Not the point. You can't serve two masters. You're going to have to love one and hate the other one. You know, he said, you make, you have no other God besides me. You know, I want you to be my people and I want to be your God. That was what it was all about. And these are the prophecies that were being fulfilled. Now, Jesus is doing all of this all the way to the end so that every prophecy that's been prophesied about the Messiah can be fulfilled. That's the most important thing here is that all those prophecies that prophesied that this was going to happen, they have to be fulfilled. Because Jesus don't want nobody to call no one that he called, no one that he, that he sent out to be a voice, to be made a liar. So he's fulfilling these prophecies at the same time, he's giving people reconciliation back to a relationship with God their Father, God the Creator. 
So he's serving those two purposes, you know, right here in his death, you know, you know, and they struggle with that title. People are struggling with it today. Amen. Now we find these religious people, they rejected the title. That's what's going on today. Uh, verse 22, it says, Pilate answered, when I have written, he says, what I have written, I have written. <laughs> Crazy Pilate now takes his uh, and they're uh, they uh, sarcastically insisted the title stand. He was being sarcastic because he was poking at the Jews. You know, they were being sarcastic because they were making fun of Jesus. And look at what happened. His name gets lifted up on the title anyway. Isn't that, isn't that amazing how he can take the foolishness of man, the wisdom of their ways, and confine the wise? He got them all confound now. He got the leader, Pilate, and he got the people, you know, the Jewish people and the high priest. He done, Jesus done took this foolishness. And he done confined them until now they can't touch that title. It's going to stand. Isn't that amazing how he take the foolishness of man and confine them? Now they don't know what to do. They had to stand still, Pastor. They had to stand on. Isn't that amazing? When you lift up the name of Jesus, every other voice has to be silent and pay attention and take heed and take note. He is exalted. He's lifted up. You know, regardless of, of how it got lifted up, we know it. We, we know it had to do with a, with a force and a power higher than him. Remember, the power of God was was working there in that moment. They thought they were doing something. They thought they had the power to put it up, take it down. <laughs> no, God was in control of this moment. For all the world to see at that time, the King of the Jews up there, Jesus of Nazareth, Father <laughs> said, "Hey, look, I was listening to y'all, and I was listening to him." And it will stand. Boom. <laughs> you know, Paul said, you know, it's like Pilate saying like Paul, you know, Pilate, not Pastor, he's saying, look, I believe this is this is my opinion. Now. Mm -hmm. Just in case he really is the king of the Jews. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to have him mad at me. I'm putting the name up there because he said, if I be lifted up, you remember what Moses prophesied. If I be lifted up in there, I'll draw all men into me. Don't think Pilate didn't know that history. Don't think that Pilate did not know that history. Now, he might not have knew what he was doing at the time, but the prophecy is being fulfilled. <clears throat> that Jesus said, if I be lifted up, God said, if I be lifted up in the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Mm. And in this hour of darkness, there are going to be people that are going to be drawn. The thief is going to be drawn. We know one of them. And we know they're going to be Roman soldiers. Now, you have to understand the complexity of the Roman soldiers and all the people that were there to carry out this crucifixion. Some of them were slaves. You know why they got slaves to carry this awful thing out? Those Romans didn't want that on them. They saw over it. They, they, you know, they, they, they made sure it got done. They supervised it. But there were a group of slaves down there, prisoners, convicts, that they got to do that dirty work. And those people's heart was being changed because they saw Jesus, their, their Messiah, up on that cross. So there was many that were drawn, and some of the Roman soldiers, too, confessed afterwards. You know, they cast lots, remember? They cast lots. We're going to get into that, you know, the next lesson. We're going to go into the book of Psalms, chapter 22 and chapter 69 in the book of Psalms. And we're going to look at how these prophecies was fulfilled. David prophesied, you know, about these prophecies, about them casting lots for his garments, about he was going to be high. Jesus was referring to what was already prophesied about him. And so that crowd of people down there, man, you had cowards in that crowd. And you had some people that was really broken and humbled by this. 
because there were some things that happened in the heavenlies. You know, there was a dark moment that came over, a dark cloud, thunder and lightning. The veil was red. A lot of events took place in that moment that could not be explained by the wisdom of man. Pilate had no answer. He had a chance to know the truth, and he blew it. But he didn't take that name down. Can you imagine now when that veil was running the temple past Sharon and those graves opened up and it came darkness and thunder and lightning and rain? Can you imagine what came over those people now that was nailing him to that cross? That this is, now it only gives an account of the Roman soldier, but I believe that there was some other folks down there that said, uh, 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 we made a mistake. Mm. Crazy pilot, trying to be sarcastic, you know, but he didn't mess with that title once it was up. Once Jesus lifted up, can't nobody take it down. Once he lifted up. Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor of Judea, the ruler who shirked his responsibility. Let's take a look at him. And when they had bound him, they laid him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou? How, not how many things they witness against thee. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather the turmoil was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Just because you wash your hand with some natural water don't mean that that gets your sin stained. Uh, only the blood of Jesus. And that blood that he was going to shed on that cross was going to be for, for Pilate too, even though Pilate missed it. He thought washing his hand with some natural water that he was good to go. Nothing can wash away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You missed it, Pilate. You missed it. You carried that with you, Pilate. That's in the book of Matthew chapter 27, verse 2, verse 13, and verse 24 the King James Bible. Just another account, you know. Uh, goes on in the book of Mark chapter 15, verse 15. We're talking about Pilate now. And so Pilate, willing to content to the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Oh, he thought he was doing something. You know, he thought he was doing something, trying to save face. Had an opportunity right here to do the same thing that thief did. Mm. Remember me. But he didn't. You know, he didn't find no fault. He's innocent. But you didn't do your due diligence. You didn't do your responsibility releasing. You could have, but you you feared what people were going to think about your reputation. The book of Luke, chapter 3, verse 1, the King James Bible. Well, a lot of folks today, man, don't want to take a stand for Jesus. They do it when it's convenient. They do it when it's convenient. That's why I, remind, I admire Bishop Barber and, 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 and um, the guy down there in Texas, man, what they're doing. They're not, they don't care. They're talking about a moral march. They, they know that what's taking place is immoral. They knew right here that this was not right. <clears throat> you know, they didn't want to do the right thing. The book of Luke chapter 3, verse 1, the King James Bible. Now is the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being uh, Tetarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, Tetarch of Latria, and of the region of Trachonitis and Lysanias and Church of Abilene. Okay, so he's talking now about all these powerful people right now having an opportunity to do the right thing. Same thing today. People have an opportunity today to know that everything man is doing is not working. This is not going to work for them. Crucifying the Savior, <laughs> so they think. 
It's not getting rid of Jesus physically was not going to help them spiritually. You know, you kill the body, but you can't kill the spirit. You know, you know, and God going to raise it, raise him up again. You know, God's got the power, you know, the resurrection power. So it doesn't matter what you how many people you kill. Amen. God is has resurrection power. He can raise them back up again. We saw that with Lazarus. So he's letting Luke. Luke is giving another account to his audience now. That, you know, you got all these powerful people, probably all of them were rejecting Jesus, probably saying he deserved to die because he's coming, you know, talking about he's the king of the Jews. You know, in other words, they were jealous and envious because he, ex he exercised more power. He was more popular than they were. And Luke is writing an account of this, uh, you know, over in the book of Luke, chapter 23, verse 4, 12, verse 12 and 22 of the King James Bible. Let's see what Pilate, he said, Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And the same day Pilate and Herod uh, uh, were made friends together, uh, for before they were at enmity between themselves. And he said unto them in the third time, Why? What evil have he done? I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. When I read this verse right here, the first thing came to my mind is a lot of times when I see a lot of these services that people are doing now, bringing in all these, these big name bishops and apostles, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying how people do things. And they think just because uh, you call your friend over to do a revival, you go over there and do a revival, you get all these people together. And because what they say, <clears throat> you know, they become friends based on false teaching. False pre they ain't lifting up the name of Jesus. They come in to raise money. <clears throat> and here, these two men was at odds with each other. There was a little bit of jealousy. But now they're coming together about what they're going to do with Jesus. And they're friends now. Because Pilate don't want to be a coward by himself, so he brings somebody else in. That's how, that's how this thing works right now. Everybody kind of get together and they feel like long as we all preaching the same prosperity gospel, it must be something to it because they all doing it. And they all get together every cycle, every cycle, every cycle. I'm going to call my friend, come do a revival for me. You know, just because of that, that don't mean that it's authentic. That don't mean that it's the will of God. That does not mean that God is in it. Just because you bring your friends together and y'all do this big revival or this big conference and you can title it, whatever you want to title it. But until you put the name of Jesus up there and his title, his name is exalted and lifted up. It's not helping anybody. He said, if I be lifted up, you know, if I be lifted up, you know, I'll draw all men. Not your conference, not the title of your conference, not the speakers that you're bringing in. Oh, it's going to be epic. It's going to be off the chain. It's going to be viral. Until you do what Pilate did, put the name of Jesus up there, the king of the Jews, you know, the Jesus of Nazareth, savior of the world, until his name be lifted up. Pilate goes on and answered, I am, I am a Jew. It says, thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? It's in the book of John, chapter 18, verse 35, the King James Bible. Jesus ain't, ain't interested in that stuff. Jesus knows exactly what he did, what he claimed. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid. <laughs> Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Out of fear, he says this. You know, it wasn't fear of Jesus, fear of reputation, fear of, of Caesar, fear of the people, you know. That's in the book of John, chapter 19, verse 1, verse 8, and verse 22 of the King James Bible. So let's look at verse 23 now in this chapter of, of, of the 19th uh, chapter of the book of John. 
He says, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, so they thought, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier, a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. That's kind of what most of your priests and high priests wore during that time, a full garment. The fourth event here we see now taking place. The soldiers get in on this thing by gambling for Jesus Christ's clothes. They were insensitive men. Jesus Christ's mother was standing by, yet they did not give her a chance to have his clothing. Last sentimental memorial factor that they could have gave to her. They didn't even think about her. You know, sort of like how people think today they do things. They don't understand the impact that it has on family, close family, which was a seamless garment, which was the same type of garment that the high priest wore uh, as mediators wore. Also, all of these people wore these type of garments. So I don't know what was the sentimental value to all of them, you know, but I do know what it could have meant to the parent, to the mother, to the, to the family that was standing by and to deny them that just showed the coldness, the meanness of these people that was crucified, thought they were crucifying him. Verse 24, we're going to end right here for this morning. Uh, it says, they, they said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it. Don't tear this man, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be. <laughs> you want the clothes, but you don't want the one who you just took out of the clothes that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith they parted my raiment among them. And for my vesture, they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. So the high priest's garment was, you know, that that normally a mediator wears garments. And it was the fulfillment of scripture. Also, we have an eyewitness verification here because John saw this event. Now you have to understand, this is a messianic prophecy being fulfilled. This is why when we come back next time and pick this up, we're going to take a look at these messianic prophecies all the way back in the book of Psalms chapter 22. You're going to hear these words, amen, again. And so you're hearing them now in John's revelation, but it was also prophesied back there in David's time, day and time. And we're going to take a look at that, but not this morning. Amen. So keep that in mind. Amen. We see a lot of prophecy being fulfilled here. A lot of events have just transpired here. This turned in, Pastor Sheridan, to more than just a crucifixion of a man who they thought deserved to die, who, who, who the ruler at the time sitting on the judgment seat found no fault in him. Mm. And there's no fault that can be found today. I don't care how many of you take the name of Jesus out of schools, out of out of public gatherings, you know, out of prayer. There is there is no fault that you can find in Jesus. So the fault has to be in man. It has to be in man and his 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 lack of knowledge about the revelation of Jesus Christ. All these events surrounding his crucifixion, these are actually prophecies that's being fulfilled. This is not just some casual event here. This is huge. This fourth event here of all these events that took place have historical significance and implication. You know, Jesus name right now is still being lifted up. Just like Pilate said, I wrote what I wrote and it's not coming down. What the father said, he said, and it's not going to change. Why? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. I don't care how many religions you change, you come up with, you create, how many ways you come up with. There's only one way 
to get to the Father. And Jesus said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Even if you deny my crucifixion, even if you say man put me to death, it doesn't matter. If you destroy this life, I'll raise it back up. If you destroy this temple, in three days, I'll raise it back up. And he did it. That grave couldn't hold him. Death could not hold him. And know today, his name is still the only name by which men can be saved. And the gospel is still his death, his burial, his resurrection. Not man's, but his so I don't care how many men you put your confidence and your trust in, how many conference speakers, you know, how many conference you go to and spend money you don't have to get a word. Here is a word right here that salvation is only in the name of Jesus who was crucified for the sins of the world. Yes. And man did not take his life. He gave his life. Mm. That's what I love. He didn't take it. He gave it voluntarily. And so we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning for the word. We understand, Lord God, that it was it was Jesus's willingness and obedience to the father. That allowed Amen, his name to be lifted up, even in their mouths, even in their testimony, even when the high priest of the Jews spoke early and said it sarcastically. But Pontius Pilate wrote it, Lord God, and he said it's going to stand and it's still standing today. Jesus's name is high and lifted up. And he told Moses, who, who said that if Moses, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. And so we lift up the name of Jesus this morning, that risen Savior, that crucified Savior that was hung on that tree for the sins of the world, voluntarily stayed there. And when he said it's finished, that's when it was finished. He didn't say it was fulfilled. He said it's finished. And so we give you praise. We give you glory. We give the, the, the prophecies were fulfilled. But Jesus said, the work I came to do is finished. There's no more price to be paid. I paid it all, Father. Mm -hmm. I endured it to the end, even the death of the cross. That thousands of generations after my resurrection can be saved. So, Father, we thank you for it this morning in Jesus' name. Now, seal this word. Let it go out. Never come back, boy. That the name of Jesus is still being lifted up today. Mm -hmm. It's still high and exalted today. His name, his word above all else. And he has magnified his word above all his name. So we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor right now. For it is finished, Lord. No other debt owed on our salvation. It's a free gift from God. And all we have to do is just receive it by faith and be saved. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Not only you, but you and your whole family, your whole household, your friends, your community, your state, your city, your nation. Anyone who believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be saved. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you for it now in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to open it up for comments right now.